This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you. Good morning and welcome everybody to our show for this Tuesday. It's June the 30th and it's the last day of the month of June. May gets started tomorrow and 4th of July is on Saturday. So I know a lot of uh, a lot of places will be given that uh, holiday off on Friday. But we've got a very, very jam-packed show for you today. And a lot to get to. We're going to go around the room and uh, share what everybody's working on today. But good morning, man. Thank you for being with us today. If you want to follow what's happening in the studio, you can do that over on our Facebook page. Find Buzz Adams Morning Show on Facebook and choose today's video. If you click on that, you'll see the, the chat, which goes on simultaneous. So these are listeners chatting with each other with us and about the show and sometimes it becomes its own thing it's uh it's a very uh very lively chat that is uh, buzz adams morning show on facebook if you want to give us a call during the show that's easy to do here's the toll-free studio line have this handy if you want to call about something we're talking about or if you want to bring up your own topic that's more than welcome too maybe you just feel like venting toll-free studio line is 844-305-6210 that's 844-305-6210 and if you ever want to leave a message for us uh, you could do that around the clock 24 hours a day seven days a week on the toll-free neckline which is 844-805-NECK that's 844-805-6325 All right, let's take a look at uh, what we're working on. We'll start with Lisa, who is uh, broadcasting from home again. Lisa, your test came back yesterday. We announced on the air that your COVID-19 test was negative. So why are you still at home? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm still home because when I was actually reading through the paperwork, it says that you have to still quarantine Uh, 14 days from your exposure so since i was exposed on the 19th uh, my quarantine's not up till friday so after talking to our bosses they said it was best if i just stay home until friday we're gonna stay home on friday too because we're all off yeah well tell us what's i'm like hey joanna (laughs) tell Um, us what's tell us what's coming up in news this morning yeah so the big news is the supreme court they blocked a controversial louisiana law that um a lot of critics would say would have effectively banned abortion in the state so the conservative uh justice john roberts actually sided with the liberals in a five to four decision making it uh another time that he has subverted the expected outcome for the conservative majority court. So it's a big win for abortion rights advocates. They say that the law was not medically necessary and they believed it was kind of a more of an attempt to restrict access to abortions. Now the law itself uh, says that it would have barred doctors from performing abortions unless they have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital. Um, now, the Texas, the Supreme Court struck down a similar law that was in Texas about four years ago, um, but they are uh, saying that this was a, a big win in the battle on abortion. John Roberts was a Bush appointee, George yes. W. Bush, that is. So he was appointed by uh, Bush. He is the chief justice of the Supreme Court, and uh, they're not, uh, people on the right are not happy about it. They see it as a continuing sign of John Roberts' betrayal to, I guess, uh, conservative principles. So they're letting him have it today. All right, how about sports headlines? Brandon, what do we have coming up today in sports? You know, Major League Baseball took a lot of time trying to figure out how they're going to get a 2020 season in. And we already have players who are saying, eh, you know, I don't want to play anyway. So we've got players opting out, which means... It could be Tebow time in New York. Oh, come on. No, seriously. The Who, the Jets? I mean, 
No, the Mets. Oh, the Mets. Baseball. Okay. Baseball, baseball, okay. baseball. I thought he was way down the list. Oh, like, he is. Like, you go under AAA, then you go under... Uh, I mean, he's like a... It, he's above non-affiliated minor league baseball, right? Yeah, but he's... He's close enough, and if there's enough ball players who say, well, I don't really want to do this, and he chooses to do it, that could be a spot. Because remember, there's no minor league baseball at all this year, which means uh, they allowed the major league teams up to 60 players on their roster, which is more than normal. And if enough players are like, hey, I don't want to play, they'll be like, oh, yeah, let's uh, get Tebow here. Okay. Well, we'll see if that happens. It'll be interesting to find out. Joanna Barba always has our entertainment news. She has her finger on the pulse of Hollywood. So mm-hmm. what do we have coming up today as far as entertainment goes, Joanna? The Boys Season 2 finally has a premiere date on Amazon Prime. Okay. It's in September. Okay. I've been looking forward to that. That one ended on a cliffhanger. I feel like mm-hmm. it did. I'll need to watch a recap. You know, it I was w- really good. Yeah, it was really good. It was a good show. I I agree with you on that. I wish they would do like uh, a just a thirty minute recap. All right, here's what happened in the season. Just like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, they and you can have- watch it right before you. So you don't have to watch the entire season again. I sure watched it at the time. When they have the first episode, I'm sure they'll, they'll have a recap. But there was a whole online event with the ha- the cast. It was hosted by Patton Oswalt, and that's when they revealed the release date. They also gave you an inside look at the new superhero, Stormfront. And then they released the trailer as well in that whole event. It's about an hour long. Was Patton Oswalt? No, he's just ho- he hosted an an online oh, okay. event. With he must the be cast. a fan. Yeah. Speaking of Pat Oswald, I've recorded, uh, but I have not yet watched the first episode of "I'll Be Gone in the Night." I think it's. Uh huh. How is that? I, oh, you I haven't, haven't watched it? the first episode, but it's it's primarily about the Golden State Killer and Pat Oswald's late wife, right? Who was uh, a true crime writer, and she was focusing on this, and she's. She's the one who gave him the the name the Golden State Killer, which police say actually is like that really helps whenever a serial killer gets a cool, memorable name. Mm-hmm. It it helps in the investigation if they haven't cut the killer already. So uh, Pat Oswalt's uh, wife was writing this book. I I don't remember. Did she pass away before they caught him or after they caught him? I think it was before. Maybe. All right. Right, because when they caught him, it was very emotional. In that, you know, Pat Oswalt was saying, "This is what she this was is what, working yeah, for." Yeah, this was this was mm-hmm. what she was doing in life, and this is what she really cared about. And I've been she would be overjoyed. Uh, well, I think it comes on a new episode weekly. So the first mm-hmm. episode was uh, aired on I want to say HBO uh, on Sunday. I could be wrong about that. It could be Showtime or something else. That's no, HBO. Okay, HBO then. <laughs> HBO it is. There's going to be a uh, new fragrance. If you've ever wanted to smell like outer space, there's uh, a new fragrance from the people who brought you the moon landing and the space shuttle. That's right, NASA. A new fragrance developed by NASA that smells like outer space. Um, they talked to a bunch of different astronauts who had who had been in space and asked them hey what did it smell like i would have thought the uni- the uni- unanimous consensus would have been oh what does space smell smell like the inside of my helmet what do you, <laughs> what do you think but there's going to be a fragrance uh based on this uh the smell of space and we'll have more on that coming up okay so the uh u.s intelligence uh reports that Russia had offered a bounty on American soldiers in Afghanistan. They were going to pay Taliban members if they killed an American soldier. Has found that that was uh, in the printed portion of one of the president's daily briefings earlier this year. The president said that it had not been brought to his attention. Uh, So they found that uh, it was in there. It was in the briefing. So the president's uh, spokeswoman was out in front of cameras yesterday explaining that 
Well, it might have been in there, but he doesn't read everything that he gets in his press briefings. Oh, my God. Uh, or in his daily briefings, rather. So uh, we got some more audio from Kelly McElhaney and uh, others about that. Here's an updated set of statistics on confirmed coronavirus cases as of last night. In the U.S. yesterday, 44,452 new cases of COVID-19. And nationwide in all 50 states, 337 more deaths uh, from COVID. Total cases in the U.S. are creeping up close to 3 million. There are 2.68 million cases of COVID-19 and more than 128,000 deaths. And there are more than a million people who have recovered from COVID-19. On a worldwide scale, the total number of cases stands at around 10.4 million with more than half a million deaths worldwide. And uh, more than 5.6 million people who have around the globe beaten the uh, coronavirus. All the late-night hosts, I guess, are off this week, so it doesn't look like we're going to have a late-night roundup. But I could, uh, if you guys think it's a good idea, I could keep going with the pun theaters in this in this time slot. Yeah. You want to yeah. do that? All right. Joanna, you know that thing where somebody passes out at a party and people get a Sharpie and start writing on their face? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's worse than waking up after a party with a penis drawn on your face? Um, what? Finding out it was traced. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Mildly, mildly homophobic, right? That's probably still okay. I can get away with that in 2020, right? Yeah. I will find out, I suppose. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Have you heard that Netflix is doing a six-part series on Colin Kaepernick? I was reading an article about it, and... It's not a a documentary. It's it's a scripted series. Yeah, so that's what I thought I I was picking up, was that it's going to be... It's going to start, like, in his high school days, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to... I think it's called Colin in Black and White. And it's just going to be kind of like his life experience growing up as an African-American boy who had been adopted by a white family. And uh, I I don't see right here in the little blurb when it's going to air, but I I saw that they are making a, a series about Colin Kaepernick. So it'll be, you know, actors, an actor is going to play Colin Kaepernick. It's going to be a scripted series. And he's going to narrate it too, I believe. Oh, Kaepernick uh-huh. is going to? Yeah. That's interesting. Somebody on Twitter uh, started asking people, what is something you've said recently that would have made no sense to anyone in 2019? What a difference a year makes. <laughs> and Twitter got on the ball on this, and we're suggesting things that you've actually said recently that would have made no sense if you'd said them a year ago. Uh, you ready? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me into the bank because I wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're invited to my daughter's drive-by 10th birthday. <laughs> Would not have made a whole lot of sense. Whew, I'm glad those murder hornets weren't worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a beautiful Zoom wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Just ate my 39th loaf of homemade bread and traded the 40th for some toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, And something else that somebody says they recently said in 2020 that would have made no sense to anyone in 2019. Mom, Dad, I don't care what you heard on TV. Please don't inject yourself with bleach. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Understand. Now I saw a tiger and, and a tiger saw man. man. All right, so the latest uh, from the world of the Tiger King is that Saf is going to do an ad for. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny for a personal injury lawyer. 
Oh. <laughs> have you been injured on the job? <laughs> Raise me your too. hand if you have. Yeah. Like, me. Was your arm ripped off by a large carnivorous jungle cat? Is that how he lost his arm? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, one it of the tigers got a documentary. hold. You haven't watched Tiger King I have not watched Tiger King yet. Oh. I mean, so I'm not going to shame book. you for not watching Tiger King. If anything, I'm a little ashamed that I watched Tiger King with as much interest <laughs> as I did. Still my favorite part of that entire scene, even though someone was getting their arm ripped off, was the fact that he threw on that EMT jacket. He's yeah. like, this is the moment. I bought it just for this. <laughs> and it's all bedazzled. It's like yeah. shiny. <laughs> I'm never going to first. First of all, Joe Exotic was like, "This is going to cost me an arm and a oh, bad choice of words. This is going to cost me a fortune." And then, before he gets out on the scene, he goes and gets his EMT nice. jacket. Yeah. And wears it was that like out. A silk bomber too. I was like, yeah. "That's a fancy EMT jacket." Hey, if you got training and equipment, you want to use it. And uh, Tiger King's. Carol Baskin has released a virtual reality tiger tracking game. Not to be, this is not a tiger hunting game, oh, okay. but it's a tiger uh, tracking game. And I, I don't know what the point of it is. Maybe it's like you you track a tiger, and at the end of it, you find tiger scat that has the remains of uh, her first husband <laughs> in there or something. But I guess you can you can think of your own possible scenarios. For the Carol Baskin video game. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. The year 2020 continues to find new ways to suck. <laughs> okay. We have now lost to the year 2020. The musical genius that was responsible for one of the biggest radio hits of the 1980s and... One of the creepiest music videos of all... No, forget it. The creepiest music video of all time. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you about this in a second. As far as I know, nobody's come forward. There's a $1 million lottery ticket that's going to expire in a couple weeks, and it was sold in El Paso, and nobody's come forward to pick it up or to claim it, and it will expire on July 23rd. Let me see if I could... Well, they know where it was sold, so maybe this would help. Yeah. Uh, the winning ticket that is still unaccounted for was purchased at Big Savers Market at 3630 Alameda, next to the Alameda Laundromat in South El Paso. All right. I, just, after reading that sentence, I could tell you this. Uh, I'm going to need somebody to repeat exactly what I said in Spanish if we hope to find whoever <laughs> bought this ticket. <laughs> Joanna, can you tell people in Spanish? I was going to say, have Nico do it. Nico, go ahead. You're always boasting to uh, Noe, the yard guy, about how good your Spanish is. <laughs> you are. Hey, Noe. Uh, come on. What was the? What am I supposed to translate? All right. Lottery ticket is about to expire, and oh. it was purchased at the Big Savers Market on Alameda. Se compró um, el ticket. In Alameda. That money's as good as lost. <laughs> El boleta was, was de loteria. Wait, he's doing good. Continue. Oh, he was doing good? Yes, go on. Really? That sounded terrible to me. <laughs> Se compran el boleto. Good. See, you didn't say boleto yeah. the first time. You heard me say it, and then you incorporated oh, good, it. Good, in, good in choice la, of words. In la yeah. tienda de gasolina. Uh, in, in yeah. Alameda. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good, yes. Wait, what was the gasolina about? Tengo That's más it. gasolina. Tienda, the gas, gas station. You can gas buy more station. gas. Tengo más gasolina. Yeah. I have more gas. Mm -hmm. You do. Uh, yeah, you, we knew really that. Right. <laughs> That's why Lisa's at home. Yeah. That's why she doesn't sit in the stu <laughs> studio anymore. Uh, atención, players de lotería en Texas. ¿Qué son los números? Un million dólares. No, los números. Los números del boleto. Dos, nueve, seventeeno. Yeah, there you go. Treinta six. And sixty-seven. I'm not. This is what thirty years and living in El Paso gets you, buzz. Yeah, you guys are doing great. 
Uh, yeah, those are the numbers. 2, 9, 17, 36, 67. Lottery drawing tickets expire on the 180th day following the drawing, and that's coming up for this one on July 23rd. So don't don't let that. I wonder if you came in on the 24th, would they say, hey, rules, rules, is it Probably. expired? Probably. On the 23rd oh, yeah, at 5 p.m. local time is when it expires. If you are military, though, they do extend it. Ooh. Really? Yes. So would you be able to find somebody in the military? Yeah, that'll take and, your time. Yeah, like, hey, never I'll give you, you any? Yeah, I'll give you a percent. I'll give like, you a if cut. you miss it, yeah. Yeah, but then you got to trust that person to yeah. to give you some of the money. You go with them. <laughs> this song, I think, actually charted uh, twice in the 80s. Like, it came out, and then a couple of years later, it came back. And it, I'm telling you, you couldn't turn on a Top 40 station or an adult contemporary station without hearing this song by uh, Benny Mardonis, mm-hmm. who has passed away. So here's a uh, here's a little bit of the song that he that made him famous. <laughs> Leave her alone. Benny Mardonis, who had a hit with this song into the this night. Is the best part. <laughs> I'll lift you up. I'll take you into, into the, the night. I'll oh. show you a love like you've never not seen. Mm. That's going to sound okay. great on the replay because we don't get to play the song. It's just us singing. Yeah, leave this in the podcast. Please. No, oh, don't do it. Yeah. Take that out. Hell yeah. China's making it a ringtone later. So Benny Mardonis <laughs> had this huge hit in 1980. And then I can remember it still being all over the radio. Like seven years later, so in 87, 88, it came out again and it, it went to the top of the charts again. The top? Well, very close to. Top 10 hit for sure. I've never seen the video. Benny Mardonis died yesterday after a long battle with Parkinson's. He was 73 years old. Uh, The big hit song, although he was a regional favorite in uh, the East Coast. No, it's kind of like New England area. Uh, He continued to just, you know, pack him in. But this was his one nationwide, worldwide hit, really. Came out in 1980 when Benny Mardonis was 33 years old. And the video... Uh, makes it a lot creepier because you could assume, you know, whoever's singing uh, Sweet 16, you know, Ringo did a version, You're 16, You're Beautiful in Your Mind, when he was like 30. But nobody thought, oh, this is Ringo singing it to a 16-year-old. But when the video came out featuring Benny Mardonis, it's very clear that he is totally creeping on a 16-year-old. So, Joanna, here's the here's the video. Aw, snap. Okay, so you see this middle-aged-looking guy walking down the street smoking a cigarette. <laughs> is that Benny Mardonis? That's Benny. Okay. That's Benny Mardonis, great singer. We, we I will say we lost a great artist, but I don't <laughs> think this video would fly today. And should not have flown back then. <laughs> Benny Mardonis. Voice of an angel. So he's going to go up so, to the door. He's going to knock on the door of this girl he's interested in, oh, and the dad yeah. answers. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he's all, get out of my house. <gasps> so he gets C-blocked by the dad, <laughs> who's this dude with the, like this giant fake beard, it looks yeah. like. It's like he already knew, like, oh, Stop coming to my house. Yeah, she's only sixty. She's sixty years old. Leave her alone. The dad knew what he was there for. It's like, dude, you are thirty-seven years old. This is the third time this week, Benny. (laughs) He doesn't even have to say. (laughs) Yeah, he knows. The dad knows. What are you here for? We've gotten over this. No, no. He opens the conversation with, "She's just sixteen years old. Leave her alone." He does an eye roll. Yeah. Like, how dare they? That's right. It's fools. Your dad's a fool. Is fools is who is separating them. That's right. Not the, the, the law. The dad who doesn't want uh, an almost 40-year-old man visiting his daughter in her bedroom. That's the fool. <laughs> I 
By the way, Biddy Mardonis in 1980. But they don't know what love is yet. Biddy Mardonis was not a young looking 30 something. He, he looked like he could have easily been 45 or 50. Okay. Okay, so he goes to he the side of the house and he's looking in the window. We find out that's very creepy. soon that oh, that's the 16 year old's bedroom window. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. You want to comment on his complexion and just like his. Is he wearing eyeliner? Yeah, massive eyeliner, Ooh. but Awful. also. He looks like he's been smoking cigarettes since he was a baby. Yeah, yeah it kind of <laughs> looks like an old catcher's mitt. Let's man. put a wig on Nico and see if he looks like that. Oh. Do I look eyeliner. like. <laughs> and some eyeliner. How bad do I look? Whoa, what? <laughs> well, you don't want the answer to some questions. I mean, look at Benny Mardonis. <laughs> Okay, so oh the, my God, stop looking at the 16-year-old, Benny. The actress that they got to play the 16-year-old looks 14. So looks they really like didn't try. They didn't, it didn't look like they got like a 25-year-old to pretend to be a teenager. It looks like a little girl who's still into dolls. Oh. Oh, this is creepy. Now, Biddy's like walking around town. He's still smoking. He goes to a payphone. Who the hell is he going to call? The girl from a payphone? <laughs> is that what you're doing, you creeper? Your dad, Her dad just ran you off. Imagine that's the dad. And he's like, Benny, we've talked about yeah, this. I just told mm. you. Uh, don't you remember at the door? It was five minutes ago, Benny. Come on. <laughs> I think if I remember the video, because in addition to this song being all over the radio, it was all over MTV, too. I think he eventually he goes into her room and he turns her rug into a flying carpet and they take off. Aladdin like, style? Look, no, he, oh he brings God. his own carpet. Look, he throws he a carpet. He his own carpet? <laughs> a middle-aged man is crawling into He's a 16-year-old's bedroom check window. Check out my carpet, girl. With a carpet. I can show you the world. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. He gave her. She must her, have been a big Lisa, fan. He gave her his hand the way Aladdin does when he tells Do you Jasmine. Oh come on! <laughs> yeah, he's taking her into the night. All right. And it. it He's not just like fascinated uh-huh. with her on a plutonic level because they start making out oh. on the on the on carpet. The carpet. Oh. Yeah, oh. When you just skip, skip forward Al- a little Aladdin bit. Aladdin didn't do that, all right. Yeah. Shining, shimmering, splendid. No. Oh, very romantic. They're flying flying over the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> 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 Going to do a flyby of the Empire State Building. There, it looks like. <laughs> oh man, they're. Totally making out. He was like, you know what? A whole new world was already taken. I'm going to do my own stuff. No, this was before Aladdin. Oh, my God. This scene probably inspired. Maybe. (gasps) I think Aladdin ripped off the uh, Betty Mardonis into the night. Oh, my God. I just have to watch the part again when the dad answers the door. That's that's just That's just the best. Lisa. I'm so sorry yes. for you that you didn't Please get to be look here it up today. Later and- I'm looking up to see if Aladdin came out first or not. I guarantee you well, it did. Benny Mardones. I'm telling you, this came out in 1980. When do you think Aladdin? I mean, what is the Aladdin? story of Aladdin came Arabian out. Nights. <laughs> I mean, that, that <laughs> came out before Benny Mardones. Sure. Wait, wait. Oh my gosh, Hold on. Yeah. Don't say anything. He's going to the door. He's just. He's all. You know he already what? knows. Look at him. He doesn't. Even, he opens the screen door. Like, he already knows. What's he thinking? Like, Can maybe today's the, the day. Today's the day. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys give me the seconds in the video? Because I would like to watch this at home. <laughs> it's the very beginning. Very beginning. Just, it's the very first lines he, of the deal. He's walking down a street, like a sidewalk. Well, he's Lisa. smoking a cigarette. Smoking a like, cigarette. Like, Winona Ryder and Heathers. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the dad. Benny. I don't no. know who looks creepier. Oh, I like how the dad kind of also says what he's singing. Because at the beginning, I I I can't tell what he's saying, but at that point, he's all like, she's 16 years old. Leave Leave her her alone. 
Benny. Who brings Look, their own carpet over to someone's house? I'm not being an overprotective father. It is the law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you are gross. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's Benny Mardonis who, uh, I mean, You've definitely had Tuesday. a... Had a a stellar My voice. My aunt loved this song, and she would always be like, "Put into the night." <laughs> I must have heard At every party <laughs> in the 1980s on the radio. I must have heard this song 200 times, and never once did I say, oh, "That's kind of creepy." And the video, like I say, the video was oh, in heavy rotation that on MTV. Chorus <laughs> hooks you in with a "If I Could Fly." He kind of looks like a vampire. <laughs> Yeah, it's very... Somebody oh, somebody run a check. It's just probably nothing but a number to him. He's probably been around for out. a thousand years. Make sure this guy isn't actually Tommy <laughs> Weasel. All right? <laughs> uh, is this a room sequel? Anyways, R.I.P. R.I.P. Benny Mardonis. Oh, yeah, I was sorry about that. Who brought us the 80s jam into the night. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Comedy icon Carl Reiner has uh, passed away. Just got no. word that Carl... Well, he's yeah, I know. He's 98 years old. Yeah, but... I mean... Him and Mel Brooks were kind of like this awesome old man buddy duo. Like uh, super old. Yeah. Uh, Carl Reiner, one of the most prolific entertainers in the history of show business, has died. Uh, Reiner reportedly died Monday last night at his Beverly Hills home. His family was with him when he passed. Reiner was a producer, a director, an actor. He won a Grammy. He won nine Emmys in over seven decades. He has more than 400 credits in all, wow. between all the acting and directing and producing. Oh, he was hilarious on Twitter, too. <laughs> yeah, so people had really gotten into his Twitter. I mean, it was pretty savage uh, toward the current uh, White House administration. Let's see. Oh, yeah. A lot of people who watch reruns of the Dick Van Dyke show know mm-hmm. Carl as... as uh, Mr. Allen. Uh, no, Alan Brady. Alan Brady. Yeah. yeah. He was Dick Van Dyke's boss on that show. Um, he made a best-selling album with Mel Brooks called 2,000 Years with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, which earned a Grammy nomination... Other smash hits uh, included directing Oh God with George Burns and The Jerk with Steve Martin. Those were directed by Carl. How old was he again? 98, I want to say. Yeah. I believe that's what I saw. How How active he was. Mm -hmm. How old is Rob Reiner? 70 something, I think. Yeah, Carl even was doing a, uh, a YouTube show called Dispatches from Quarantine, where he would talk to um, just about his life and things he did. And his most uh, recent episode was like seven days ago. And he talks about like uh, the Dick Van Dyke show. And also he talks about like how he informed Mel Brooks that he's 2,000 years old and he knows everything. But it's just like, it's just him talking about his life and stuff. Well, so. they, they used to have a great bit called the Thousand Year Old the- Man. Was it thousand? Was it? Yeah, it was the world's oldest man or the thousand-year-old man, and and uh, Mel Brooks and and them uh, and Carl Reiner. I think I think Carl Reiner was the straight man, and Mel Brooks was the banana yes, man. Yes, the banana man in that one. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, a classic. So, uh, Carl Reiner passed away last night, in ninety-eight, and oh, it so sounds awesome. like he was active and you know very engaged in in his world right up until the very end. And we should all mm-hmm. hope to be so lucky, right? His last tweet was 15 hours ago. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Time for entertainment news. Joanna Barba has our Hollywood chit-chat. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, claims the MCU is guilty of not having enough diversity behind the scenes. Speaking to Variety, Mackie said that he wants to see the MCU hire more cast and crew members of color. He said it really bothered him that he's done seven Marvel movies where every producer, every director, every stunt person, every costume designer, every PA, every single person has been white. He did say that there was one black producer named Nate Moore who produced Black Panther, then broke down what he deemed problematic with Black Panther, saying, quote, 
When you do Black Panther, you have a black director, black producer, a black costume really? designer, a black stunt choreog- choreographer. Yeah. And I'm like, that's more racist than anything else. Because if you can only hire the black people for the black movie, are you saying they're not good enough when you have a mostly white cast? Hmm. Wait, so what was the situation with Black Panther? Didn't Ryan Coogler direct Black Panther? You know he's black, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah, he's so saying that that's more racist. Oh, because Black because Panther had hiring, an all right. Yes. So one of the directors in Hollywood that's really good about this is uh, a- um, Ava DuVernay, because she actually um, she does an interview with Reese Witherspoon on the show on Netflix called Shine On, but she talks about that and she said and Reese Witherspoon says that she's like in my entire career in Hollywood I have never met someone of a director who makes sure that everyone is included in the set. So she has um, LGBTQ, she has men, she has women, she has um, Latinos, she has um, African Americans, she has white, she has everybody from everything. And she says that and she's like, it's because I will look through and say like, hmm, you know what we haven't had, I haven't seen before, um, a female sound mixer find me one. And they'll say, well, there is none available. We only have white men. She goes, really? Because I feel like there is one. You're just not looking hard enough. And so sure enough, they'll look around and they'll say like, yeah, actually we have, we found these 20 women who, okay, bring me their resumes. Let me look at them. And then she'll hire like that. So she makes sure to make it as inclusive as possible. But with Black Panther, because of that, um, the director, it was everybody who was on the set was um, African-American or black. And so except Martin Freeman. Yeah, he's the Lone Ranger. Um, no, but they, because they interview the costume designer from that too, and I believe it's the same woman who did the costumes for Spike Lee, um, for one of Spike Lee's first movies too. But they, they made sure it was just all because of the fact they wanted to make such a powerful statement with Black Panther. They made sure that everyone behind the scenes was black. Well, whoever they got to do the CGI for the big fight scene, the clima- the uh, climactic fight scene, I wish they got I wish they kept looking. <laughs> <laughs> it did look very yeah, very hokey. Yeah. Oh, that was like there's a Andy- white woman who could have done it. And remember you had Andy Serkis as well. Oh right. Uh, right. Oh yeah. Well, See not- both and both of those the Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman mm-hmm. had both appeared in Lord of the Rings movies, so they were literally Tolkien white. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. That yeah, was these, solid. These are, that was solid. Dude, that's like the fifth time he's told that joke. The, yeah, but they I forgot it. I haven't heard it. Oh my yeah, God. No, I haven't heard it. These are yeah, our Tolkien yeah. white. I haven't heard it. I only have or maybe nice. it's been years since he's used it. I only have enough got, storage uh, capacity for Buzz's one liners. Bilbo and, and uh, Gollum over here. <laughs> Stupid. Thank that's great. You. That's your rule, Buzz. No, you just he wasn't Bilbo. Was he Bilbo? Yeah, yeah he was oh, a yeah. young Bilbo in The uh, Hobbit. The three Hobbit movies that we would like to pretend were never made. <laughs> never happened, yeah. Could have been one. Now that Mackie is starring in the upcoming Disney Plus series The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he vows to use his voice to enact more positive changes in the MCU. I don't know that I like the actor who plays Winter Soldier in that role. They couldn't I have found love her. Him. You don't, don't love you Sebastian Stan? Don't you dare talk badly about my Sebastian. They How couldn't, dare you? They couldn't find an actual amputee to play that role. <laughs> Okay. I mean, he's yeah. doing he's he's out he's in all these movies doing stub face. <laughs> Jeez. Stub, stub arm technically. <laughs> stub arm. Stub arm. You know how hard it is to get a role in a superhero movie when you only have one arm? Probably next to impossible. Okay. And a lot of people turn to crime because they can't find work acting. They become one-arm bandits. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Any more of us? No. Yeah, are you done? All right. Moving on. <laughs> Treasures for movies and TV. I mean, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Treasures for movies and TV, like Cape Warm by the late Christopher Reeve in 1978's Superman the Movie and Aaron Paul's biohazard suit worn as Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad, to real-life treasures like earrings from Marilyn Monroe, 
all that could soon be yours. All these treasures and more are part of the Hollywood Legends and Explorers auction that takes place Friday, July 17th and Saturday, July 18th at Julian's Auctions in Beverly Hills. 900 items are hitting the block, including a full-sized kit Pontiac Firebird from TV's Knight Rider, autographed by David Hasselhoff himself, which is expected to fetch $100,000 to $200,000. That same price neighborhood is a control stick used by Neil Armstrong aboard Apollo 11. There's also a spacesuit worn by Kira Dulia as astronaut Dave Bauman in Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. That extremely rare item could fetch as much as $300,000. Do you think the guy who buys the the Knight Rider car is going to come back a week later and is like, it doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I want my money back. I kept talking to it, and it didn't talk back. The auction will also make available costumes worn in movies like Thelma and Louise, rare set pictures from Star Wars, and items belonging to screen icon Marilyn Monroe. The items are on display for the week leading up to the auction on Friday, July 17th. If you've got deep pockets, you can check out the treasure trove at Julian's Auctions website. If you have shallow pockets, you can do something that I've done before. That's just go on eBay and do a search for screen used. And okay. it's people selling things like this was on the screen, and it'll you know oh. show you a picture of when it appeared. So, mm-hmm. like how you got the dog food. I got the dog food. Nah. That's pretty cool. From uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh-huh. <laughs> I got one of the coats worn by one of the one of the actors in uh, Gangs of New York. You did. Uh-huh. Do you have that on display, like in a nice display? I should. I mean, <laughs> but I got it for cheap enough that that the display would be way more expensive than what I. And it was the coat that actor Brendan Gleeson wore. Remember, he had the big club and he was I've going around. Wow, this is cool. I never th- like looking stuff up like that. You can buy some of the money that was burnt in the Dark Knight. By the Joker. Cool. Yeah. So when they have these big Hollywood things and they publicize them, it's going to be astronomical. If you have a life hack from Buzz, if you have a more modest budget, just look for screen used, and a lot of it comes with some kind of certification. I guess you could never really be sure. Mm -hmm. If you you don't have a lot of money, should you be spending it on random movie things? No. (laughs) If you have a lot of money, you should be. If you don't have any money. Screen used documents used in Schindler's List. I believe it's the list. <gasps> the list. Oh. It's Schindler's list. It's well, I mean, it's it's uh, some of the documents that were there. So yeah. And by the way, if you want that Knight Rider car to talk, just go buy some DVDs of uh, Boy Meets World and watch all the scenes uh, with get Mr. Mr. Feeney. Feeney. Yeah. Uh, I got at a bargain. I got Ned Beatty's uh, underwear from Deliverance. So. That uh, framed in my living room. They, why, why were they selling that? <laughs> and finally, the creepy superheroes and the vigilantes who fight against them are back in season two of The Boys on Amazon Prime. Starting yeah. September 4th, the show returns with new adventures and a new female superhero from Seattle. Amazon posted a sneak peek video on Friday showing Stormfront. She introduces herself to the dysfunctional superhero team known as The Seven while they're filming a propaganda video on location. This season, Amazon is doing something a bit different with the boys. While season one dropped all its episodes in one giant bingeable chunk, this season, Amazon will release the first three episodes <gasps> on September 4th, and then the ni- next five episodes weekly. Oh, So it's like, so we'll sucks. start you with a binge, and then you're going to have to wait. And then you're going to have to wait. Have, have all of you guys seen the boys already? Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. It's Did great. you see it? I saw it twice. No, I haven't seen it. Yet. It's oh, really, it's really good. good. You should watch it. That's one I would consider rewatching. Hmm. I, I watched it twice because I watched it and then I told my friend about it and he goes, is it that good? I'm all, let's rewatch it. I'm down. That, and then Lisa brought to my attention The Fly. Uh, I can't wait. What's The Fly? We don't know. It's, but a, there's it's scenes. a movie with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought you were talking about. Where there's scenes where there's loud fly. Mm-hmm. I remember that because it, I watched it after you guys brought known. that up. They mm-hmm. make it known that there's a fly in that room. And Flying it's around. And then in around. the comic... Yeah, in the comic book, there is a superhero called the Fly, and it is a, it's a person who can you know I guess morph down into like a fly, and so people are saying maybe that's the Fly making an appearance in the show, and he's going to show up in later seasons, like in season two or season three. But um, yeah, the, I guess the, the comic book is really good from what I've heard. 
It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Back to the uh, Hollywood Report. Uh, a couple of things. I think I sent Brandon down a real rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. Yeah. Joanna had a story Uh-oh. about a big uh, Hollywood auction, and the stuff is super expensive, and I, I revealed... On eBay, you can search, just search for the term screen used, and that is going to send you, or it's going to open up a bunch of items that were in movies, and most of them are way less expensive than Marilyn Monroe's earrings or whatever, or the car from Knight Rider. But if it's a movie you really love and you want to get, you know, you can get some of this stuff uh, Oh my God, you can cheap. get Evil Dead Cabin Artifacts. Yeah. <gasps> What else you see in there, Brandon? Dude, uh, you could buy $60? the bone claws from Wolverine Origins. Ooh, that's cool. $15,000. That's not cool. What are they made out of? Because usually they'll say what the... Bone. Uh, I don't no, know, I think the, it's like polyurethane. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The one I'm on right now, it's a, um, a screen-used gun rifle, an AK-47 from Batman versus Superman. I'm assuming it's made from like rubber and stuff, because there's one down here... That's also it's a prop pistol from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and you can tell it's a prop because even where you should be able to put your finger in on the trigger, it's all it's <laughs> blocked out. It's tubby, Nico. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that noise was. <laughs> I know it sounds like a bullfrog. It sounds like I'm down at the at the pond. Uh, I thought it was my stomach for a second. Uh-uh. Did you think it was me for a minute? Because that's what everybody then it thought went it to was. You, yes. It's it's her dog is sitting right. There. <laughs> it sounds exactly like Buzz when he snores. <laughs> you know the the other thing that in the Hollywood Report was when we were to- good lord I can't I can't do I this. I put it like right that. against uh, his face though. <laughs> uh, we Dude, were, I try. I don't know what to tell you. We were talking about representation in Hollywood, and I I made uh, the comment, kind of joking, but not really about. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, that Winter Soldier Sebastian Stan is not an amputee, mm-hmm. but the character uh, is missing an arm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I seriously think, like in ten, you know, five, ten years, that might be something. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing what's going on now. Talking about represent, I, I personally think it's important, but sometimes I try and imagine what, what is a thing that we don't even think about today that is going to be like hashtagged in the future and I think that's one of them like when able-bodied actors play amputees or people with handicaps I I wouldn't be surprised if that's not a thing down the road sooner or later that is going to be confronted I could okay so I could I could see that the one thing about with him though is that the whole premise of it is is that he gets this bionic arm that can move just like a normal arm and so there's very few scenes where he actually doesn't have his arm. Uh, I, 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 that one two? where he comes out of the tent the, or yurt or whatever yeah. it is, and he doesn't yeah. have his arm. And his, his. That, and then when he was uh, getting questioned again by um, Hydra. But those are the only two scenes. The rest of the scenes, he has his arm, like uh, a, he has the little silver bionic arm that he's supposed to have but i think you are right i could see in the future let's say hypothetically that they um cast someone for a role for some uh, a person in a wheelchair i don't think that's or, the future that already happened remember the yeah. brian cranston um kevin oh, hart oh, movie yeah. the one and where I'm, he played a, a pair uh, a quadruple yeah and i believe that there was a lot of people who were upset that they cast brian cranston for that role mm-hmm. and they should have given it to somebody who was a, a quadriplegic in real life, by yeah, the way. So I, I well, could there, see that there's something to be said, though, that when you make a, a movie and you're trying to make money, you want to get a big Hollywood star to play the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, you could also get um, Luna Lovegood's Spectre Specs. Screen oh, used. those are cool. So a lot of these come 580 with, bucks. A lot of these oh. come with photos, and a lot of them come with like a certificate of authenticity. But... Is it really the thing that it claims to be? I, I feel like it's always a gamble. You can you buy, never really know for sure. You can buy blood from the movie Jaws. Just like a bucket? It's like a little vial of blood. Oh, I see it. That's kind of cool. Oh it's God. interesting because like more 
newer releases they have stuff like this but the farther back in Hollywood you go the far the more rare it is for you to find these props and things that's the one thing that that Disney Plus show prop magic which by the way Nico can you fix that for Buzz so his Disney Plus works it doesn't work uh it what's the thing like a little circle comes on and keeps going over and over and then it'll show like 30 seconds of the show and then that little circle buffering is that what they call it? Yes. Buffering? Can you, can you see if you can get him to work it? Because it's really cool. So Prop Magic, they go and this guy goes and tries to find props from various uh, movies. And he does one on Mary Poppins. And he says how hard it is to find things because that was back in the days that they didn't actually keep they just throw things away. from right. sets. They that, threw it away. That went on for so long that they just tossed these iconic things. I, mm-hmm. And they had no idea. The model like the, that was used for the Death Star, I think they found that in some abandoned what? storage facility yeah. somewhere. Dude, yeah, you can buy the, bricks of cocaine from The Departed. Oh, cool. Go. Do they go for street value? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, street value for prop cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that goes. 400 but th- bucks. That's the thing is that in, a, in the Mary Poppins one, the snow globe that they use in the scene, they found it in the janitor's closet because the janitor just thought it was look it looked cool and he found it in the trash can. He's like, well, someone threw it out. It was in the trash and I just thought it was pretty so I kept it. And so this iconic snow globe from this movie was just in the trash. And then they do that with uh, Jim Henson, who's I guess notorious for not keeping props from his movies and he just will reuse them. So any of the costumes, any of the sets, anything, he just reused it. He never thought it was something to keep. It was just a a background. It was just a thing, and so he would reuse it into the next thing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, some of these props are... If you can find props from back then, that's big money. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, what do we have today? All right, so NASA has a lot on their plates, but their newest project deals with what happens after you finish eating what's on the plate. Since 1969, the Apollo moon missions uh, have left 96 baggies of poop on the lunar surface. In the past, using a bathroom aboard... They didn't a... even dig a hole and put them in there? <laughs> no. They, they should have brought a cat. They weren't worried. That, <laughs> they weren't worried anybody was going to step in it. Just bags of poop. Yep. Uh, using the bathroom on a spaceship was always a complicated affair. The crew of the Apollo spacecraft didn't have toilets at all. They had, when they had to go, they peed into rubber tubes and defecated into plastic bags with sticky rims that secured around their butts and then yeah, sealed those, shut. Those, rim, <laughs> those rims were awfully sticky. They were. So to this end, NASA last week launched the Lunar Loo Challenge, imploring the citizens of Earth to design a toilet for use in its Artemis program, whose lunar lander is scheduled to send the first woman and the next man to the moon by 2024. For the winners, there is a $35,000 prize that will be split among the three teams with the best designs, as, designed, as decided by a panel of NASA engineers. The challenge also includes a junior competition where toilet engineers under the age of 18 can submit their designs. According to Mike Interbartolo, it, it was messy. You didn't have any odor control. The crew hated it. It, was easy to get, it wasn't easy to get a good seal on the bag without your buddy having to help. Oh. And that's just not the way we oh. want to go back to the moon 50-plus years later. Yeah. So de- oh. designing a toilet that works in different levels of gravity is, is hard. NASA has designed toilets that work in zero gravity, like those on the International Space Station, but they want the next lunar lander to have toilets that work both in zero gravity and on the moon's surface. And, the- and what's the prize money? $35,000, and that's oh. going to be split among the teams. Yeah, it sounds like they're lowballing you there because in the 80s it was a big deal when the Department of Defense revealed that they spent millions yeah. millions on a single toilet lid. How much did they supposedly spend on just making a pin that could write in space? I, I, like Something like $15 million. So they had to come up. This is a story I've heard. I haven't snoped this, but the story is that NASA spent millions of dollars developing a pin that would write in space. And then... After the Soviet Union fell and we found out a lot of stuff, we found out what they were doing on their space missions was using pencils. Pencils. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the NASA toilet. Um, Next up. So something weird is happening on Uranus. There, There is a conundrum of how diamonds can rain down onto its planet's core. I I don't know if you knew this or not, but Neptune and Uranus have... Diamond rain. Diamond rain. Yes. All right. Tell me about it. Well, uh, scientists have just discovered the process for how diamond rain is uh, created. By the way, diamond and rain are two of my favorite strippers at the repair. <laughs> <too>. oh. <laughs> 
Well, anyways, diamonds are a, a very um, pure form of carbon. So when methane that is around Uranus uh, is heated and pressured until oxygen and hydrogen are stripped from the carbon, which rise and the carbon sinks to the core. It releases a lot of energy, and they found out that's the reason that uh, the gas planets like Uranus and Neptune uh, are so much warmer than other planets. Now, are they diamonds like that would... They wouldn't be big diamonds. They would be they would be small. Well, fine, but if it's raining them, there's got to be a lot of them. Yes, right? yeah, and the the planet's mostly gas too, so it's not like they're falling onto any hard surface. They're mm. just falling into like the core of gas. All right, and my last thing is not as nerdy, but more about slang words. Every nerd has to have cool slang, and uh, I have. Ten slang words from the 50s that we should bring back. Ah, slang from the 50s. Slang this was 50s. before my time. No, this... You, you're, Very much before you're my time. You're 73 years old now, right? No, I'm not. You were just turned... Okay. No. So you want to hit me with some slang from sure. the 50s? So uh, everybody can join in. If you know what it is, let me know. Uh, I, I assume Buzz will know most of these. Mm-hmm. Gitchiest. I'm sorry? That's just the gitchiest. Calling someone the gitchiest might not sound like a compliment, but it actually means... What? Cool. Like, you got it. You're the most awesome. Yeah. You're cool. Okay. Super cool. It's the attribute of being cool in the sense that others admire you for your appearance or actions. To beat feet. To beat feet? Yeah. You ever beat feet? To, like, dance? No, I think it's to leave or make haste, like hurry someplace. Have you ever beat feet? Have I hurried someplace? Yeah. No. have Have you done it? Yeah, sure. Okay. I've beat feet before. It's to make a run for it. Um, yeah. just to make, It's named because of the motion and sound produced during the process of running. All right. Give me another one. Wig chop. We should all start saying wig chop again. Haircut? Wig chop? Yeah. Is it a haircut? It is a haircut. Some Nico of these I'm just. Wig chop. He did. It looks better. Like, Nico's <laughs> the only guy I know who can get a haircut and look less bald than he did before. Yeah, it doesn't so much emphasize your balding. Well, it, it's it really because does. the hair sticks together when it's long. And then it, it, it really, like, it really shows off the bald All right. parts. All right. <laughs> copacetic. What's copacetic? Gotta keep, keep it, it copacetic. copacetic. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, on a level, like. Normal or it's a more fun way of saying it. it's all good, man. It's Keep all copacetic. copacetic. That's not that's like 90 slang. That's from that song. I think you're from the offspring. To, uh, no, it's not. Offspring. That's not the offspring song. Oh, it's uh, do what you're saying is keep them separated. You gotta keep them copacetic. What's a copacetic? <laughs> what the hell? Just don't get, get it. Keep it copacetic. copacetic. <laughs> Who's that? Locally, that's locally, locally. That was for the floor. <laughs> Were you? I can't you believe you confused those two. Gotta keep it copacetic. <laughs> get so my yeah, Look, I get my '90s pop rock tunes confused. The bee's knees. Is that from the '50s? I, I thought that was like something from the '20s. No, they said it in Greece. That is the bee's knees. They said it in Greece. You know, it's like the cat's pajamas. Yeah, it's <laughs> the scene. Yeah, it's like cool. something super cool. Yeah. But it's kind of a sarcastic way. So it's just more words of how to say cool. Yeah, it's two more you words. Haven't, word. My mom graduated. My mom and dad both graduated in the 50s, and you haven't hit on anything that I ever heard them say. Backseat bingo? Did your parents ever do backseat bingo? <gasps> if they did, I don't want to know about it. But That's how his brother was born. <laughs> Let me use it in a sentence. Hey, can I borrow the car? Me and Mary Beth are going up to Inspiration Point and play some backseat bingo. Yes, I hope you bring your dabber. Um... Also known as tonsil hockey. Uh, have you heard of a passion pit? It isn't just a band. I like the band. No, not just a band. Oh. Passion pit. There's a band called Passion Pit? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Is that like a like a bachelor pad? It's or? actually uh, it, it's a drive-in theater where couples would typically go to play backseat bingo. Uh-huh. That's probably where <laughs> your brother was made, was at the passion pit. At the passion pit? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Why don't you just shut the up about my family? How about that? <laughs> cruising for a bruising. Oh, my mom used to tell me that. I love that. If this room isn't picked up by the time I get home, you boys will be cruising for a bruising. My mom did say that. Who's your mom, Muhammad Ali? I don't know. Was like, she threatened. She had some pretty creative ways of threatening. And she would follow through, too. I mean, they weren't idle <laughs> threats. All right. Someone, getting, someone got chrome-plated. Bling bling. Never <laughs> 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 bling bling. They Somebody got, got chrome plated. 
Is it braces? No. It means they just got dressed up. They just got dressed up. Uh, Give me one more. All right, last one. The living end. Oh, the the best. Yep. Oh, it was just the living end. Anything particularly outrageous, absurd, or scandalous. I went to go see the new Billy Wilder movie. It was the living At end. At the Passion Pit, playing Backseat Bingo. All right. <laughs> all right, thank you, uh, Nico. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I guess it is now official if you're going to buy fireworks in the county of El Paso for 4th of July, you're going to have to do it illegally. Wasn't that the same trip when they were playing the uh, the dating game, the board game, and then you open the little door and then it shows who your date was and the one looks like Milhouse? Right. And Homer goes, that looks like you, Poindexter! <laughs> The county judge, Ricardo Samaniego, has said the sale and use of fireworks on the 4th of July will be banned in El Paso County. But it's not because of uh, they're worried about stuff catching on fire, which is normally what it was. For the longest time, you couldn't shoot off any fireworks. This one is because they don't want crowds gathering. So this, I assume, is going to include all of the fireworks professional shows that they I don't know. If it will or not. But as far as shooting them off yourself and going to buy them, I guess that's off. That's a no-go. Sam and Diego brought up the issue because of the concern of people gathering for 4th of July to set off fireworks outside the city limits amid the spike in coronavirus cases. Um, A quote here from... Sam Diego says, historically, we have between 25,000 and 30,000 gather for 4th of July fireworks. We are actually restricting the gathering for fireworks, and that's separate from an order in regards to the drought index. I guess, I mean, I guess we're in a drought. I know we're the desert, so we're kind of always in a drought, mm-hmm. but... See now I'm now that I thought of it I'm interested to find out if they're going to allow those big shows because if the whole point is social distancing you wouldn't want to have one of these big professional shows because that's where you gather a lot of people in one place. Where do they even have them now? I know the country clubs had them. Uh, Chamizal's had them before, oh, that's right. but that's not even open right now, is it? I, I was just coming up with a list of places that have fire. You know, there's. A dozen, maybe, uh, professional firework shows that go on on 4th of July normally. That would all attract a bunch of people, too. See, I'm I'm reading the article. I don't think I'm getting a satisfactory... Well, you know, it just said they're going to... A ban for fireworks sales. But how about these people that have already contracted with one of these professional pyrotechnic uh, companies... Because if they're still going to be like, okay, well, you can go to one of these professional shows, I'm going to call, I'm, I would have to call BS on that because, you know, shooting some off on your property out in the country isn't going to be as much of a risk for spreading COVID-19 as going someplace with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people and watching a fireworks display. Um, yeah, so no sales or use of fireworks within the county. Fireworks sales in unincorporated areas of El Paso County won't won't be banned this year. Uh, and I'm reading this from today's El Paso Times. Brandon, do you like to shoot off fireworks? Meh. It's not, you know. I mean, you live in in a neighborhood where there's not really enough room, but I always, you know, it was a big tradition as we go somewhere in the country or you know, we lived in the country, so you could go out and shoot off fireworks. What was your favorite? Black cats? No. Uh, bottle rockets? But definitely bottle rockets. Artillery shells? Roman candles were great. Would you shoot them at your friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so dangerous. Of course. <laughs> when we were kids, we'd get yelled at for shooting, for, you know, you're putting an eye out. But then as we got older, like, we do it now, me and my friend Jeff and Joe, and we do it, and my mom can't say anything. Wait, you still gr- do it? Because you're an adult. Yeah, because I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine. 
all your 53-year-old friends here's just the shooting thing. each other? We used to have to, we, we'd um, up the ante. So when we were kids, the adults would shoot off the fireworks, and they seemed very impressive. I think they either weakened mm-hmm. or just my memory of them is... Yeah. is I think a lot of kids got their fingers I think off. your memory <laughs> might be, because I remember when I went back to Universal Studios, I was so scared of the Jurassic Park ride, because I remember it being so traumatizing as a child. And then when I actually went down, I'm like, that's it. That That was it. That's, that's what I was... And the little girl in front of me turned around and she was like, it wasn't that scary. I'm like, okay, well, sorry. I remember it being a lot scarier when I was 12. <laughs> You're saying Buzz is just imagining it? Uh, being Yeah. Uh, the fireworks seemed tiny. a lot cooler when I was a kid. They just seemed tinier. Str- I guess well, so. I would say that regulation has a lot to do with that. Over the last 40 years... Well, that's what I wonder. How much is regulation? How much is just like everything seems bigger when you're a little kid? Mm-hmm. So we would put Maybe on... a mix of both? Yeah, it could be a little, a little bit, bit of both. A, a little bit of I like sparklers. <laughs> okay, that's what we give babies. <laughs> <laughs> that and poppets. There you go. Are those the little... The, the little, little white ones that, that you, you throw, throw in the ground? Yeah, and you, yeah. You, poppers? I think they're called... Oh, yeah, poppers. I don't know if they're called poppers or not, but... I think it depends on the brand. Yeah, probably. Is that it could be poppers, poppets... Pop, lock, and drop it. So you never know. Yeah, it could be anything. So when when my friends started having kids and I had kids, uh, we would still have Fourth of July out of my out of my parents' farm, but we felt the need to up the ante because it just wasn't very impressive. I mean, they're kind of you know not as exciting. So we would try and set off a lot at one time. We would set them off and then we'd try and run through them as they went off. Just anything to keep the crowd. Meaning my friends' wives, mostly, and kids, entertained. We would do it. Uh, taking the bottle rockets and, le- and l- like, throwing them. Trying to time it so you throw the bottle rocket and then the fuse hits and it takes off. Could you blow off your finger? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think... Just ask Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, formerly the New York Giants, I believe he plays for the Buccaneers now. Blue's hand off. Just look at all the people that go oh, to the yeah, ER I every summer. About that. I think you'd have to hold oh it God. in your hand, though. I like if it exploded on the. Like, they don't seem powerful enough but, to cause any lasting damage to me. A lot of times, the fuse may be delayed. Sometimes people don't uh, know if it's going to explode, so they get close to it. They put their head over the artillery shell opening. You know, there's a lot of ways people can get hurt with fireworks. Okay, I'm not well, sure if they're blowing limbs off, but. Oh, we used to have all kinds of fun stuff. We would do blow up ant hills with them when we were kids. That's kind of mean. You were like Sid from Toy Story. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this time around, it's not because it's too dry. It's because COVID-19. Oh, man, it's messing everything up. Well, I've got first it. you take my bars, now you take my fireworks. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Corona. Can't drink, you can't blow stuff up. What can you do in what this crummy country? Do? What's the point of living? What's the point? What are we doing for Fourth of July now? Remember how excited we were that it was on a Saturday? <laughs> oh, do you I remember? Know. That remember the beginning we of the year, twenty twenty. Everything coincided, so most of the major holidays were on. Saturdays or Fridays. Or days they needed to be, like Taco Tuesday was Cinco de Mayo. Uh-huh. Yeah. We yeah. really had high hopes for 2020. Right. <laughs> and we just feel betrayed at this point. 2020 has been the biggest letdown of a year. We're not upset. We're just disappointed. I'm pretty upset. <laughs> no, I'm upset. If I could, I would send <laughs> Yeah, 20, I was like, we're upset. I would send 2020 to its room to think about what it's, it's done. done. <laughs> <Yeah>. No dinner. 